Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on, guys? Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on? High five. I hope you guys are doing well. By the way, do you like my new you like my new plant? I just got that the other day. I got tired of so many people telling me, hey, why do you still have a Christmas tree when it's not Christmas and why isn't it lit? So I got something that doesn't look like an evergreen pine tree. Anyways, hope you guys are doing well. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. We are coming to you live right now on the YouTubes and the Facebook. So if you want to leave a comment or a review, just say hi. Tell us where you are from. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'd love to say hi. I'd love to hear how you're doing. And if you have any questions for our guest, then put them in there as well. This is going to be a good show. We're going to be talking about reviving your old leads and even more than just reviving old leads, but working some pretty cool things with the leads that you already have. And we got a great guest on today. His name is Chris Craddock. Craddock? Craddock. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> I'm going to bring him on in a minute. He'll correct me here in a sec. He's with a company called REI Revive. And a good friend of mine, Tom Kroll, a lot of you all know him. He's on been on my show many times. I, I talked to him a lot. Um, he really highly recommended Chris to get him on the show. And he's doing some really cool things in the real estate investing space that not too many people are doing. And it's super competitive right now. It's hard to get leads. It's hard to get sellers on the phone. But we're going to be talking about some of the things that Chris is doing and how you can do it as well. All right. So first, you guys know about my book, REI Secrets. This podcast is brought to you by my book. You can get it. Just pay the shipping and handling. It's $6.95 or $7.95 shipping and handling. We'll get this book out to you. Literally, I I probably lose money on, on these books, but it's a great way to, a lot of people love it and it helps a lot of people. It's called Daily Nuggets of Real Estate Investing Wisdom to help you get more leads and close more deals. And each of these chapters are just a couple pages long and it reads like, you know, you just read one chapter a day to give you some inspiration and some ideas and hints and, and tips and tricks of how to do more deals, right? And here's this chapter. It's funny. I brought up Tom Kroll. Is wholesaling really complicated? No, it's not. And Tom, and I talk about this here in this chapter, Tom Kroll has this saying, he says, wholesaling is easy. Wholesalers are complicated. So anyway, lots of really cool daily nuggets in this book. You can get it for free. Just pay shipping and handling. I don't make any money from this, by the way, because some of you are like, huh? but once you opt in to get the book and if you pay for it, there'll be some opportunities there. You can buy some other stuff of mine, but get your hands on this. Reisecrets.com. Go get it right now. Cool. Let's bring Chris on. Chris, how are you, my man? Hey brother, how you doing, my friend? Doing really good. Glad you're here. And where are you right now, Chris? I'm in the DC area. I'm in Virginia, about 20 minutes outside DC. All right, nice. And I'm going to move your screen up here so I can see you better. There you go. Sorry about that. Welcome to the show. And a good friend of mutual friend of ours, Tom Kroll, put us two together. Had a great conversation with you the other day. I'm like, man, let's talk about that stuff on the podcast. That would be awesome to talk about. So talk a little bit about your background. What were you doing before you got into real estate? And then why and how did you get into real estate? Yes. Yeah, so my story, yeah. For, first of all, yeah, Tom. Tom's the man. So great guy. And yeah, glad we could connect. Yeah. So I, in a, I guess it was 2000, I graduated from college and went on staff with an organization called Young Life. Loved Young Life, changed my life, it was great. I made about 20 grand a year from Young Life. And if you know the DC area, that doesn't work well to like raise a family on. And so uh, 2003, my wife got pregnant and it was before Google was the fountain of all information or I didn't have Joe's book, which would probably have helped me a lot at the time. So I went to the library 
uh, got Rich Dad Poor Dad, which was there, and then every other book they had on real estate investing. And I read them all and like almost, I just didn't know much, but I knew that there were distressed properties and I just would go out and knock on doors. And in four months, I made about 12 times what I made in a year with Young Life, just flipping distressed houses. And so um, did really, really well there. And then uh, continued to do ministry, stopped the real estate stuff for a while, but always read, led large groups of teams. And so gone back to school, I got a doctorate in leadership. And then I guess 2011, you know, I've got six kids now, which, you know, probably should have gotten awesome, probably should have gotten a TV or something, you know, once we figured out what causes them now we can stop it, you know, but, but, uh, but, uh, it was, it's great. We, you know, love it. it. It's awesome. But if you have a bunch of kids, you know, the money runs out very fast. And so, uh, 2011, I went back into knocking on doors of distressed properties and almost all of them because of the crash were short sales. And so I was paying another real estate agent to, to draft up the contracts. So I was just like, well, let me go get licensed. So I got licensed, draft up the contracts and get paid myself on those. Well, the banks changed their algorithms and you stop being able to really make much money flipping short sales. And so during that time, because I'd always led large teams in real estate, I, I, or sorry, in ministry, I, I had read Gary Keller's book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, and just started building a re- retail team. And for me, I'll, I'll tell one last story. I know I'm probably talking too much. I'll tell one last good. story. That's good. But, uh, you know, one of my good friends, actually, I think it's a mutual friend of ours, um, has one of the biggest wholesaling businesses in the DC area. And I didn't know him very well at the time, but I just kept that Brad Chandler. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Good dude. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. But I just kept calling over there because I think persistence breaks resistance. Right. And uh, they, you know, they liked me, but they didn't, you know, they tried to spend money on these kind of deals and, and lost money in, in places. And they're just like, no, 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 we're, we're not you know, we've been given, we gave a thousand leads to an agent, a top agent just recently. And, you know, they only closed like six deals. So we're, we're just not, it's not worth our time. So I just kept calling. They finally gave me 150 leads. 70 of them had already sold 30 of them. When I called them and got in touch with them, uh, were out of area. So I had 40 leads and I'm like, man, if the person they gave a thousand leads to close six retail deals with those, I got to close six with these 150 and I've only got 40. So I did everything I could built out every sales idea system that I could on that. And I got six closed and I called them up and uh, told them I got six deals closed. And they said to me, they're like, why don't you come into the office? And so I came in and they're like, now when you say closed, what do you mean by that? You were you making a- cash offers or listing? No, no, no. I got a listing agreement signed on those deals and then sent with the commission because their license was able to send them referral fees. So they got, they were getting money paid on the deals that I was able to close up and list in the traditional retail way. So these were listings that you vent- that sold and right. then Br- Brad and his company got referral commissions because they're also licensed. Exactly, exactly. And then the crazy thing is when I went in, they said, they said to me, they're like, Chris, you just kept calling and you wouldn't leave us alone. And we liked you. So we didn't want to just tell you to screw off. He's like, so what, uh, so we just gave you leads. All those leads were like five years old. And we just, we figured, we figured that you'll get those leads and like, just be so frustrated that you'll, you'll stop calling every week. And I was like, and they're like, but you actually closed a bunch of them with that. So let's, let's start talking about this. And actually we started building out a system and a program's from there. And, you know, since then, like groups, like big groups that are doing a lot of marketing, I mean, we're sending like over 60 grand a month to, and like a month to, and other brand new wholesalers that haven't even closed wholesaling deals. We've taught them how to do this, where they've got agents they're sending stuff to, and they're making more money 
on this than they are on their wholesale business because it's crazy. Like normally you can only get paid when somebody wants to sell for like 65 cents on the dollar. In this, it's like you can either do that or if it's a retail deal or one where they don't want creative financing, you literally can get paid every time the phone rings. So like it just makes it, it makes it great. Well, okay. So a lot of people are like, what? is he talking about, right? Like, so you're a licensed agent. Yes. Okay. And so you, you got hooked into real estate by reading the millionaire real estate agent book. Yes. By Gary Keller, not the millionaire real estate investor book. So you decided to go into the realtor route, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you probably have tried, tried going down that route of trying to get the listings and doing the traditional realtor stuff. I imagine you got a little frustrated with it. And so now you decided I'm going to take some old leads from an, an wholesaler. You didn't know, but we're five years old. It might've been a good thing you didn't know. Right. Yeah. And so you called them up and what was that conversation with those sellers? What was that like? I just, I mean, I went through a number of different scripts and now we have our old lead script, which I mean, literally, I mean, I'm going to give you, you know, if you have a bunch of leads in your database, somebody, you know, here's the old lead script is, are you still looking to sell if you got the right price for your property? Boom. I'll tell you, we just sent that text to 800 people that were in a database from old, old leads. And we set 29 appointments from that. Are you still, let's repeat that. Are you still looking to sell? If you got the right price for your property, how simple is that? (laughs) Now? um, Okay. So then what, if they respond back? Yeah, sure. Then what? So for me, you know, what you need to do is you you need to set the appointment. If if they think you're a real estate agent, their brother's uncle is a real estate agent, right? There's more real estate agent than there are, you know, cars right now. Like there's so many real estate agents out there. So you don't want to set the appointment as a real estate agent, but you also don't want, you want to be, you don't want to be disingenuous either. So what you're doing is coming over and you're just saying, all right, well, well, sounds good. Why don't, why don't I come over and, you know, we'll see if we can make you a cash offer or get your property sold for a price that you're looking for. And here's the deal. A lot of times people will go to these old leads. And if you're a wholesaler or a fix and flipper or creative finance guy, you can give that offer, right? But a lot of these real estate agents feel like they can't. But here's the deal. Like if, if a house will sell on the open market right now for 300000 and somebody wants to sell it for one fifty. I'll give you my number. Call me anytime. I bet Joe, Joe will probably give you his number and you can call Joe. Like you have a buyer and that's the whole thing. So, so you can go in and you have the, the different options there. You can, you can do the cash offer. You can put it on the market like everybody else does. Or part of our program is, you know, you we teach people the five reasons why somebody wants to sell with an investor. And you answer those questions and you create a hybrid model that gets them what they want, but also allows them not to deal with the things that, you know, the reasons why they called an investor in the first place and didn't call a regular retail agent. Interesting. So what are some of those five things? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell, I'll show the, all of them. So one is I don't want to pay a commission. Two is I need to sell fast. Three is like, maybe they're a hoarder and they don't want their neighbors to see pictures of their house online. Four is they don't want people running through their house, you know, day in and, and day out. And five is, yeah, they need to sell fast. Oh, just like some sort of like distress situation where they feel like their house is too messed up to put on the on the MLS. So these are the things that you share with the seller in the appointment. No. So the whole thing is there's a book that I really love. It's called Pitch Anything. Oh, and, yeah. and the whole idea is, you know, he talks about this power frame that, that people can kind of get into. And if a seller says to you, 
I don't want to sell with a retail agent because it names their reason, whatever their reason is, then you're never going to talk them out. They, they built their power frame and it's so hard to get around that power frame. There's tools and tactics to do it, but you just don't want to. So when you start asking questions in your pre-qualification, and you know, and that's part of our system is teaching the prequal. When you ask those questions, you find out which one of those reasons or ones, oftentimes there's two or three reasons, are the reasons why they don't want to sell to to a re- with a regular retail agent. And then you walk in and you're you custom tailor your hybrid model after you know the the script answer to whatever it is, whether it's you know, whatever, whatever the reason is, you you custom tailor their uh their model. Then they're not setting up that power frame saying, no, I don't want to pay a commission. So boom, you're, you're done. So how do you breach the topic of you are a licensed agent? And because I've had that happen to me before too, when that, when I said, yeah, I want to buy your house, but if I can't buy it, then I'm going to list it. And then you can just sense the walls coming up with the seller. Right. But like, how do you, how do you handle that? Well, see, this is part of our process as well is I don't think that like, Joe, if you were to come to me and offer to buy my house, you know, offer to buy my house, let's just say, you know, I think average house in my market is, is worth 400. Right. So let's say you came in and said, Hey, Chris, I'll buy your house for, you know, I'll buy a house for 200,000 right now. And I said, no, it's just too low. I'm I'm not willing to do it. Okay, well, I can list it for 375 right now as it is. Like, I don't have any trust for you at this point. Like, like you just told me two numbers that are so far apart that you've lost all the trust. So, so our system is that if you're coming in and you give a cash offer, you don't give the cash, like somebody, the investor already gave the cash offer. And so you don't want to give the cash offer unless they're likely to take that, right? You just say, I've got a cash offer for you. But honestly, with what you want for the house and what you know what you should get for the house. I don't think you should take that. So I could give you the cash offer. Also, I'm a licensed real estate agent with XYZ brokerage. You know, you have to disclose it, but there's a thousand agents out there. And, you know, frankly, I I don't think you should list with a regular agent based on what you want because of the fact that you want to sell fast without lots of people coming through your house. We've got our hybrid model for you, which combines all of the investors that we know and the retail model. And we'll make sure that Nobody's coming through your house except from one to three on Saturday and one to three on Sunday. Other than that, nobody will be in your house at all. Would that work for you, Joe? So you tailor the pitch to based on what their needs are and why they need to sell. I think that's that's what real sales is, right? Like like everybody thinks that sales is like taking from somebody, but it's not. Sales is sales is you're a doctor, right? And you go in, you diagnose the pain point, and then you write the prescription for their pain, right? And then the people that make the most money are the ones that solve other people's problems. All right. So the the seller wants to sell, but they don't want to pay a real estate commission. And you know, they're semi-motivated, right? And but they and they have the equity. They don't want to pay the agent commissions though. And you're sitting there with them. How do you how do you handle that conversation? Well, so the thing that I would say there is if you're already at the place where you're arguing about commission, then the power frame has come up and you're already in trouble, right? So that's the whole thing. I think, you know, what is it? Wayne Gretzky said he was the best because he always skated to where the puck was going to be, not where it was. You know, anticipation is is the real key. And so that's why at the beginning, when you're talking to them about maybe a cash offer or whatever, you'll ask the one of the questions is, you know, why, why do you want to talk to an investor versus an agent? And they're going to say, I don't want to pay a commission, right? So at that point, 
you're not arguing about it. They haven't put their power frame up. They're just, they're just giving you background information, right? If you ask good questions, they will tell you how to sell them, right? And so, so that's the whole thing. You're asking that question, which is all part of the process is in the pre-qualification. You ask those questions. So then when you're sitting there, you know, let's say they want to sell for 350 and, you know, they could sell on the market for 400. We just say, Okay, so we'll just role play here. So, Joe, you want you want three fifty for the house? Is that right? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Perfect. Well, you know what? I think I'm looking at this right now. I think your house will sell really fast, really easy, and I know you don't want to pay any commission. So, how about this? We will make sure. I I am sure we can get you three fifty, and we'll probably even get you a little bit more. And what we're going to do is have the buyer pay those commissions, pay those fees, pay the transfer taxes. So we're going to tack on a little bit more money. And, and basically, I'm going to negotiate the heck out. I'm going to beat up those buyers to make sure they pay that and you're going to walk away with your 350 Do, do you feel comfortable with that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I mean, at, at that point, they're winning, right? But but the second you're in that, you're engaged in the commission conversation, oh, brother, you've lost. <laughs> it's done. It's done. You know, we talked before, Um, about somebody that we both know who did this a lot. And he would do the marketing, get the leads come in. The marketing going out would be, hey, we want to buy your house. And anybody that called in, if they wanted to sell their house, his phone guys made an appointment and he would send a realtor to the house, right? And he would send the realtor to the house with basically two things. You know, hey, good news. I got an offer for you. I already have a buyer who wants to buy your house. Here's their cash offer. And otherwise we'll just list it. And here's a listing agreement, right? That particular model doesn't work necessarily if you don't do it right. And what were some of the things wrong? What are some of the things wrong with that type of model or approach? The first one is this. The agent you choose is so important. That is literally straight up your business partner. It's not, it's not just somebody I'm throwing some leads to, because if you throw some leads to, to him, you know, it's, it's going to be good or, or bad or whatever. But if you choose the right person and there's criteria, happy, hungry, humble, and smart that, that you have to go through to, to get the right agent. If you choose the right agent, that person is going to win a lot of deals for you. But if you send, so, so what we're seeing right now is for an average agent that you choose 25% of appointments you set them up on, they're going to get signed up on, as a listing for an excellent agent. 42% is going to sign up as a listing. But what we see, what I've seen with a lot of my friends that have tried this and failed, they're at like around one or 2% is actually turning into anything. And so that's because they're choosing agent. They're literally, does the agent just, do they breathe? You know, can they fog a mirror? <laughs> like, okay, go. And, uh, you know, they don't know their scripts. They don't know their dialogues. You know, they're, are they happy? You know, people want to work with people that smile, read Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. Are you, are you somebody that's likable, hungry, right? Like if somebody says no, are you going to, are they going to take no for an answer? And again, they need to be happy. Somebody that smiles, not like a angry person. That's like, you're going to sign this, you know, like, I mean, I I love Grant Cardone, but like, I, I see a little bit of like, you know, kind of immature salespeople that think it means that they need to like beat people up in the way they say. So I don't think that that's right. And then uh, humble, are they willing? This is a huge one. Do they think they know everything, right? And don't like confidence and humility 
go hand in hand. Arrogance and humility don't. And see, that's a huge thing is, are they confident where they are, where they're able to walk in, but also sit and say, okay, this person has a system that is working. I can sit at your feet and learn your system, right? That That's, that's humility. And then smart. And it doesn't mean just great at the SATs, but it also means EQ. How can you read people? Can you read body language? One of my favorite books is what everybody is saying about, about body language, reading body language. It's so freaking good. And, uh, uh, you know, you you see that. I mean, heck, I just had a deal about a few months ago, or, or sorry, a year ago, where the uh, the wife kept rubbing her neck, and I had just finished rereading that book, and it said that if if women rub their neck or play with their necklace, they're really nervous. And so I just stopped the conversation, and I just said to her, "So is is there something you're you're nervous about?" And she's like, "No, no." I was like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, "Well, yeah." And then just unloaded everything, and I was like, "Oh, it's so crazy. People speak so much, but not always with words." And can can people read that? Mm. So when you choose the right person you're going to make a fortune. But if you choose the wrong person, maybe you'll make a little bit of money. Maybe you'll do okay, but but you're never going to blow the barn doors off and like totally pay for all of your marketing so that everything you make from there on out is profit. So Chris, do you, what do you recommend to people then who are investors? They've got a business, they've got a bunch of old leads and they're wondering, I want to monetize these old leads. Are you, ta- are you saying, go get your license? follow up with them or get somebody on your team who's a licensed agent and train them on sales or just find a really good realtor and partner with them. What do you, what do you say? Well, I I definitely think, I think every, I I know this is different people go different ways on this, but I think every investor should get licensed because if you are, if you are known in your world as the real estate person, everybody that's going to buy and sell is going to come to you about Mm -hmm. real estate. And you might as well be able to refer people and get paid for that. So that would be one. Two, I think that you should bring somebody in that's going to, that's going to do that. You need to have somebody that can accept referral fees. And there's a system and a process to do that. If it's not you to, to bring somebody into your organization to do that, but you need to have somebody that can close. That's not your acquisitions manager. That's not your person offering a a massively discounted price is not the same one that's going to close the listings. So you need to have that partner, whether it's in-house or out-of-house is totally fine. The other piece, and this is, so those are the old leads, but this is where the real money comes from. It's not all the old leads. It's the ongoing stuff. So Joe, let's say you close, let's just say you close four deals a month, one a week, right? So if you close a one a week, you probably have between five and 10, let's say, let's say five appointments a week, right? About 20% closing ratio, right? So, so you have five appointments. Well, one, what happens with those other four leads, those other four appointments, they're going to sell to somebody, but you're not getting paid on that. And if you have five appointments a week, I can promise you with the amount of leads that come in, you have 10 other people that want to sell and will sell in the next 12 months, but they want to sell at maybe 95 cents on the dollar. And nobody's going to sell that unless they're willing to do creative stuff. Nobody, no wholesaler, no fix and flips person is going to buy at 95 cents on the dollar. So when you can immediately hand those off in a way that's not, hey, go talk to the real estate agent, because I'll tell you, that's going to always lose. When you hand those off, you are going to make a fortune ongoing so that all of those leads 
I mean, literally there are people that I've, I've been coaching that are making as much money on their handoffs as they are on their wholesaling business. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy thing about this, that I've, it's been in the back of my mind for the longest time. Like, oh man, how can I do that? But there's a lot of intricacies and it's not as simple as it might sound if you don't know what you're doing. Because yeah, you can't just refer, if they say no to your cash offer, you, can, you can't just say, all right, well, I'm going to have a realtor reach out to you and contact you. That's not going to work. Right. All right. So let's talk about how to find that agent. You know, how do you, where do you go? Where, how do you find them? So, I mean, this is one of the things that I teach and basically everybody's a part of some sort of investor club or Facebook group or something like that. So you just, you just get on there and ask people who do they know that's, that's a great real estate agent and killing it. Well, the problem is you're going to get 4,000 responses. And especially if you're even moderately well-known in your community as, as a decent investor, everybody and their mom is going to blow you up. And if they got your cell phone number, they're going to text you and everything else. So there's the script to get that. But then you need to get a VA or you yourself can go through and you need to make sure that that agent is doing the critical number of deals. Because if they're not doing a lot of deals, then it's probably not your person. But the other side is you don't necessarily want the person that's doing all of the deals because what I found there is, is then you come in with, with something that's fairly new to you, even if the system works. And oftentimes they're like, listen, I've got my way. I got my thing that I'm doing. And you know they, they just give you pushback. So you need to find that person that's willing to grow with you because as, as you grow, if you send them deals, you're going you're gonna to get all your marketing paid for. And then you're going to pay for more and more and more. And I promise you, I just see this over and over again. You're going to break that realtor's business, right? They're going to break. They're not going to be able to handle it. They're not going to be able to follow up. But if they are a smart person that's also hungry, they're going to continue to reinvent the business bigger and bigger because my business would break, right? Like it just, it kept breaking and I, I kept having to reinvent it and know, okay, now that I'm at this many leads, this is what I, who I need to hire. Now that I'm here, this is who I need to hire. And so if you don't get somebody that, that does all of those things, the business is going to break. And then the stuff that you send over, it's going to cap out at them because they're bottleneck. But that's why you need somebody, you know, I love Simon Sinek, you know, the infinite game, that the person that thinks really big and will grow with you. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm a little slow. I'm still confused on the transition, where it comes from. It's a lead that you get. How do you transition? And, and you know, they're, they're either not, they don't have enough equity or they're just not willing to drop their price to 60, 70 cents on the dollar. How do you transition that lead into somebody else that's going to follow up with them? You just send your, you send your, uh, your property uh, valuation specialist out. You just make the appointment. Oh, okay. I, I get it. That makes sense. So the appointment who goes on the appointment is your realtor. Yeah. Yeah. So to your, your acquisitions person is going, if, if, if it's a deal, the acquisitions person is going. If, if it's not a deal, you're still sending somebody and the realtor knows that, I mean, this happens all the time with all the different groups is the agents will kick the deal back to the investor. If all of a sudden you're there and then this happens just a couple of times in the last month with my personal team, where they're sitting there in the, in the living room and the person's like, you know what? I think I'll sell. What's the, what's the cash offer again? And they just say the number and they're like, okay. And so the agents have, you know, again, you set this whole system up. 
they have that and they sign them up. And then here's the thing. You've got to, if you're the investor, you cannot screw over your agent partner and say, hey, thanks for the deal. Whatever they would have made on that listing, like not, not at your price, but at the price they would have listed on the market, you need to pay them that and also give them a kicker, a bonus, because that was just found money. And the fact that you have somebody of integrity that's working with you, which is really important and kicked it back, even though they could have made more money the other way, you just want all of our interests need to be aligned. Okay, so let's talk to the beginning investor who is just them. They're a solo investor, wholesaler, and they've been thinking about getting their license. You know, maybe they're even in Illinois where it's illegal, immoral, and fattening to wholesale properties. And they're like, I want to do this. What do you recommend? Getting their license? And then say, okay, I'm going to get my license. Who do they hang their license with? Do they become their own broker or can they hang out, hang their license with somebody who gives them more freedom and latitude and things like that? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not a big fan of becoming your own broker. I think there's just so much liability, so much stuff that that is in that. And, and frankly, most states, you have to be licensed for three years before you can become a broker. So that's the deal. And, and, and it's not just the liability. All my friends that have brokerages, very few of them actually make much money from that. And so... The two companies that I think are the best in the world right now, as far as team building, are Keller Williams. You know, Gary Keller wrote the book on team building, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And I think Gary's one of the smartest people in, in real estate. And also, I know EXP is becoming a, uh, a very high investor. You know, they just opened up to become an investor friendly company. So I would say one of those two companies. And, and honestly, you know, feel free to DM me on uh, Instagram and I'd be happy to point you whichever one I think would be best, um, depending on your situation. But I think that that's part of of the the process is making sure that you're you're aligned with the right people, you're aligned with the right company, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend time with. So are you setting up to be in a company that's going to allow you to grow? So that would be the first thing is is do that. And then the second thing is don't everybody this is this is one of my big problems. Everybody ends up being a cheapskate and I I just hate it because here's the deal. You think oh, you know what? I'm going to just go and I'm going to close this person up. I'm going to close this person up. I'm going to save money on the referral fee by closing this person up. Um, I'll, I'll make this offer, but I think they like me enough. I'll do this. You're going to just lose so much more than you're going to win. Just bring in the partner, bring in your agent partner and, and let the numbers go huge. Stay in your lane. All right. Some people are like, who are investors or wholesalers are, are against getting their license because they feel like it's going to restrict them um, and they're going to get in trouble for making ridiculous low offers to a seller. When as a licensed fiduciary, they could have gotten that seller a higher price than their cash offer, right? So what do you say to the, somebody who says, I, I, I don't think wholesalers should get their license because you don't want to be held to, I don't want to say a higher standard, but you, you know, you don't want to have to answer to a commission. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, you don't, once you get your license, you definitely are held to a higher standard that, that 100. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. Right. Yeah. 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 hundred percent is true. What I would say is this, I would, I think that you still should disclose like anything that you're doing, you still should make your disclosures anyway. I mean, that protects you. And, and don't think just because you don't have a license that you don't have, you know, that you couldn't be gone after, right? I've got so many wholesaler friends that are not licensed that have been sued, right? So just know that that, that can happen regardless. Anybody can get sued in America. The second thing is if you are licensed, you do not have a fiduciary responsibility to somebody you do not have a signed agreement with. But you do need to disclose that you are licensed as an agent and that you are buying this for profit. Profit, right. So you, that is just part of the process. You put that sheet in there. You have the boilerplate sheet that is in there that the, the seller signs. 
And that, I mean, that's just part of it. That's how you protect yourself. So when you are doing the deal as a wholesaler, you're making a cash offer. You still make the disclosures, but you're you're still then just buying, you're buying the house for sale by owner and you turn around and you sell it for sale by owner or what are you doing then? Yeah, you can buy it and then you can list it on, I, I would list it on the MLS, but um, yeah, you you buy it, you know, for sale by owner. If you want to, uh, you know, if you want to work something out with them where you disclose whatever and, and put stuff on there, if you're buying cash, there's no reason to, but if you're buying with a loan and you want to have have your commission put in towards closing costs or whatever, then then you can do that just depending on whether you're using a bank loan or hard money or any of that other stuff. It just depends on your situation. But you can do that. It just everything has to be disclosed. That's the if you're licensed, you just have to disclose, disclose, disclose. Make sure that nothing is kept secret and then you're then right. you're you're fine. Okay. So let's talk about old leads. This is where the magic of this really happens because there's a lot of investors out there that have a lot of old leads. And you probably, a lot of people listening to this have old leads right now. Let's say somebody has a bunch of old leads. And then I want to ask you, how do you find somebody that has a bunch of old leads? And how do you pre- pre- uh, present to them? So you have a bunch of old leads. What do you recommend? How do you recommend reviving them, uh, those old leads? Yeah, so... I say just just that that text that I mentioned right at the beginning, you know, throw it all in your text, you know, they're all in there. So you don't have to, you know, they've responded to you at some point, right? This isn't to everybody. You don't want to mass blast this to everybody because then you can get in in trouble on the with the texting laws and everything else. But if they're in your in your CRM because you've interacted with them, then you you can send that text out um, to everybody that says, Are you still looking to sell your house if you got the right price for it? It's it's crazy, literally, like of 800, just over 800 people, we set 29 appointments from that one text. I should clarify too, with REI Simple, my CRM that I've white labeled with FreedomSoft, you can send these texts to sellers out from multiple phone numbers and they limit you to um, how many you can send at once and they can spin the text. So it has very, very high deliverability. You can get virtual numbers. I really recommend you guys check out FreedomSoft or mine, uh, REI Simple right here to um, to get that. So you're sending this text. Are you still looking to sell your house if you get the price that you want or something like that, right? So you just start sending the texts. Do you do any cold calling or is it just texting at the beginning? So at the beginning, we just send the texts and then we'll send emails if we have email addresses. Yeah, and then after that, we'll cold call through. So the reality is with the text, if you send it, let's just say the 800 mark, right? We had about we had about 100 people say they already sold, right? They responded and said we already sold. So you know, by, by sending that text out a couple of times before you start calling through and the emails out, you're able to call that down because then you save. I mean, just think if you called a hundred people to say, oh, already sold. I mean, how many hours do you save, right? So yeah. so the text and the email calls that list down and then you get the people that you haven't called. And, and I'm going to give you guys, here's like my number one tool for, for calling people, right? This is it. So it's called the double tap text, right? And what it is, is you call them and then as soon as you hang up, you call them again. And, uh, you know, if they don't pick up and I'll tell you 50% of the time, they will pick up the second call. Have you ever gotten a call twice from the same number? You're like, man, it's an emergency. What's going on? And you pick it up. Right. And then, and then if you don't get either one of those, then you send the text that just says, Hey, is this Joe? Boom. And only send that if their name is actually Joe. Um, but, uh, but you know, Hey, is this Joe? And literally if I get a text and I have before that says, Hey, is this Chris? Like, I'm always like, dang, do I know this person? Why don't I have their number on my phone? What's going on? And so I'm going to respond to that. Right. So that's yeah. it. So the double tap text. So you do that in the morning, you do it a couple hours later, you do it the next day, 
And then after the three times that you've gone through, that's when you can start cold calling through. Do you leave voicemails? Most of the time, I don't leave voicemails on the first call through. And then when I call through the next time, that, that's it. So, okay. Now let's say you don't have any old leads. How do you go find somebody else with old leads? Pretty much almost everybody that's been doing the business for even a, a small amount of time has has leads. And you just... And it, <laughs> this is the hard part. Everybody thinks that they're going to... You know, I'm going to get to them one day. I'm going to get to them one day. But let, let's be honest, how many people actually get to them? And uh, so that's that's that whole thing there is you can go to them. And then if you offer them something for them, maybe you you offer to give them, you know, you pay for the leads or do something, you know, then then they're willing to, to have the conversation. But almost everybody feels like they're going to do something one day. So so that's the big key is you just got to got to make it worth their while to give you the leads. I can't imagine if you put if you got some involvement in some of the big Facebook groups or bigger pockets and you started uh, uh, letting people know, hey, who has old leads? I'll follow up with them for you. Uh, it wouldn't take that much or be that hard to find somebody that can definitely give those to you, right? How, can you do this virtually in other markets or does it need to be kind of in your backyard because either you or your agent is going on a physical appointment? Yeah, we just launched, we launched our own personal team in, in Baltimore and it's going amazing. You know, there, there's some, some issues like, like I think virtual wholesaling, virtual, like all of the expansion in, in both retail and, and wholesaling, I think it's, it's hard, right? Like there's, there's pieces to it that are hard, but I mean, it's going incredible. As long as you do it well, I, I would say, here's the other thing. So I have a client, that, a student that I'm working with um, out in the Midwest and they had, they've just been crushing it. Last year, they made 50 grand total. And literally they called me and said, they're like, we're two and a half months in and we've already made 90 grand just from doing this. Like when last year they made 50 and they're and then they start talking about expanding to all these places. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's Let's make sure we squeeze all the juice out of where we are before, because once you expand into other places, you realize all of the issues that come up where your systems aren't locked in. So I do think you can, and we're doing it right now, but I would just say, don't do it too early. I just beg you, don't do it too early. All right. Good, good. We got a question here from somebody. Um, if a deal goes back to a wholesale deal, how do you compensate the real estate agent? Do you go through the brokerage in Tennessee? There are rules for how agents get paid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to check each state has different, different rules. It's funny. I think California is one of the most lax states, which is weird because I think they actually have more rules in, in all the other areas, but each of the state is, is different. So you're going to need to, to check with that broker in that state. But yeah, if, if Tennessee has rules like that, like oftentimes it will have to go through the broker if you pay and then the broker pays the agent. And this is important to understand. Did you know that if you bought a franchise or you started a business, rather, you do not, and, and if it's a real estate business, the owner does not have to have their real estate license, right? You can, if you took this seriously, you could start a business and have a broker under you that works for you. And you pay that however it works, you know, you'd have to talk to somebody at that level who can answer those questions. But a lot of people don't know that. You know, there's a lot of people that own Keller Williams franchises, EXP franchises, who aren't even licensed themselves, but they make money from that business. So that's there, there's way if, if you're if you're talking to if you're talking to an agent about working with you on these old leads and you just tell them, listen, I, I want to pay you whatever, they'll figure it out. Like they'll figure the paperwork out and they may have to talk to their broker, but they'll come to you with something that you can sign. I had one time an agent that was working for me and her particular broker was a big traditional brokerage, right? Just normal, like everybody in this area has heard of them. Don't like investors. But anyway, this one agent was willing to work for me 
helping me do investment deals. And instead of paying her some kind of commission, her broker wanted me to pay her hourly. So I actually paid her, I forget what it was at the time, 20, 25 bucks an hour. Can you believe that? So I had to write the check to the broker and the broker took some of it and then gave it to her. But um, yeah, so there, if you want to give them money, they'll figure out how to, how to make it work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the big things is, you know, making sure the fact that you don't have to be licensed. I mean, heck, the owners of some of the biggest companies in the, in the world are not licensed real estate agents, but to have that come in, you just got to, you know, you can have somebody that's doing business as under your company or whatever. So um, yeah, there's Very lots. Cool. Of- All right. What are, what are some questions, Chris, that I haven't asked that would, that are important questions to ask? Or things to consider. Uh, those are, that's a that's a great question. So I think the the main thing is this. So the old dead leads are important, but I think the biggest key is the new leads that are coming in. So what happens on the deals that where you've gone on an appointment with? Are you afraid to cannibalize those leads? And should you be afraid to cannibalize those leads? And so um, that I think that's that's the question that you need to to look at. So if you what I've found from doing some research with some of the bigger groups is that if your marketing is like direct mail or radio or TV or stuff where people are coming in, and let's just say you're you're going and meeting in person. Now, I understand that a lot of people do phone meetings or whatever, but let's say you're doing in-person meetings with somebody. You do an in-person meeting, you give them the offer. If, that, if they're inbound leads, after five days, you're going to have less than a 5% conversion ratio. So at that point, like that's where you need to absolutely hand off the deal and get other people to come in and start working it as well. Like you still work it, but get them to work it as well. Now, if, if it's outgoing stuff like cold calling or voicemail drops or texting or whatever the, the way that you're, you're marketing to, we found that it's 10 days after the appointment. So those leads are a little bit slower to say yes or no. But after 10 days, you your likelihood is less than 5%. And at that point, 10 days, you need to bring that person in as well. All right. Very good. How can people get a hold of you, Chris? Well, Instagram, I try to always respond to every DM. Um, it's at Cradrock, C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. And uh, my website is chriscraddock.com. C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K? R-O-C-K. Sorry, old high school nickname. <laughs> uh, let me get to it again. R-O... C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. Cradrock. One D, one D, right? Two Ds. I don't know if I got this right. This is embarrassing. C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. Got it. Look at that, brother. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yes. C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. Yeah. Yeah. And then my uh, my website is chriscraddock.com and you can sign up there and we can do a, uh, a free consultation, walk through your business, see if there's a, uh, a good fit there. But for me, my thought is anybody that has leads coming in, you're losing a fortune. Like literally, you know, like my one friend that literally has like three quarters of a million dollars coming in that's just found money from this. Or my other friend that's a brand new wholesaler that has, you know, within the first 45 days had 10 grand coming in when he had zero money from his wholesaling business. I just feel like it's just a no brainer. You do not want to leave leave these leads just dying in your CRM for other people to make money on. Oh, yeah. Now, this is so huge. This is so important. My coaching business partner, Gavin, a lot of you guys know Gavin. He does podcast episodes here. That's how he got started. He did some direct mail, got nothing out of it, stood up at a local real estate club in Phoenix, super competitive market. And he just said, you know, hey, 
I'm good on the phone. If anybody has old leads, uh, give them to me and I will, um, I'll work them and we can split the deal. He had three people come up to him. One lady in particular gave him, uh, forget the number. I always forget it. Just a small handful of leads. And he turned within a four days, he turned three of them into deals and uh, split the profits. This was just straight up cash deals. There wasn't any listings or anything. And uh, the lady was so impressed. She said, listen, why don't you just work with me as a partner? I'll pay for all the marketing, give you all the leads and you work them. So that's how he got started. Just by standing up at a RIA meeting saying, who's got some old leads? That's awesome. You don't, you just got to get on the phone. And there's really, there's a lot of things. I like what you had to say though, Chris, about you can't just give these to any realtor. You need to work with somebody who understands sales. Sales is the million dollar skill. And that's how this works. But it's not rocket science. So either, right? I mean, anybody can learn it. You just got to learn the right scripts, the right questions, the right way to ask the questions. Very cool. All right. Anything else you want to say to wrap up? No, no, no. This is, this is it. I mean, this is uh, this has been awesome. I, I love being on here. And yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. About, I know Gavin pretty well. And uh, I didn't know that about, uh, about Gavin. That's awesome. Yeah, but... Oh, you know the uh, multipliers, mastermind. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Just I had a conversation with them uh, last week. So yeah, no, that's great. But yeah, no, I mean, that's the whole thing. Every time the phone rings, you should be able to get paid. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, Chris's website again is Chris, C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K.com. And his Instagram, if you want to reach him out and, and send him a DM there is C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. And uh, you can reach him on Instagram. Cool. Thank you, Chris, so much for being on the show. This is awesome. Thanks for having me, brother. All right. We'll see you guys. Hey, listen again. What's that script? Are you still looking to sell if you got the price you wanted for your property? Yep. It's a simple, simple text. All right. Y'all go send it out and set the appointment. All right. We'll see you guys.